You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the weekend edition of the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Here's Weston Nakamura to break down everything you need to know. Hey everyone, Weston Nakamura from Real Vision in Tokyo. So I want to talk today about markets and geopolitical risk, uh, as we're currently living in a world that seems to have, you know, shifted overnight. Um, obviously, I'm talking about Ukraine. So I've been working on this video for the last several days. This is like at least my 10th attempt at making this. Um, and the reason it's been so impossible to do is because, first of all, I'm actively trading uh, throughout all of this. Um, and then I'm trying to incorporate what it is that I'm doing in markets, like with the video, but the speed at which things are like shifting and moving and developing um, is just insane and the volume of it, right? Um, such that like, I would talk about something that, you know, my kind of outlook for like what might happen or something like that. And then it would either come to fruition or like there'd be some sort of development as I'm talking about it. That's uh, happened like several times and thereby making that point like kind of obsolete or maybe not obsolete, but you know, like, uh, it's something that, I would um, predict, and then by the time you see this, it has already been long priced in, right? So um, what I've decided to do is just to make separate videos, right? One on geopolitical risk trading as a broad overview, and then one on my specific market activity from this past week. And so this one is the former of the two. Uh, I will say, however, that this week, you know, I mean, I was I traded bonds, crude, equities, FX, Overall, I knocked it out of the park, not just like PL returns like terms, uh, but more importantly, just being right for the right reasons. Um, so that will come in a separate video. Um, by the way, if this is the first time you're seeing me and if that sounded like a very arrogant statement, first of all, it's just it's true and it is what happened, so I don't care what it sounds like. But second of all, if you see my previous trading videos, you'll see that both of them start off in the first like five seconds about how I'm getting decimated. So go take a look at that as well. Now, first and foremost, let me start out with my favorite disclaimer, which if you don't know by now, then good God, you're soon to blow up your financial assets. If you listen to me, you will lose all your money. If you use me as a reverse indicator, you'll still somehow lose all your money. Um, and the reason? because these are very stupid thoughts and I'm a very stupid person. Uh, so I'm just going to talk about what I do. If you wish to apply any of it, by all means do so, uh, if you hate money. That's as straightforward as, and clear as I can get. Okay, now with that said, trading geopolitical risk and headlines and themes. Um, this is something of a, I don't wanna call it a specialty of mine, but by default, a specialty of mine, by which I mean like, so whereas like most people try to distance themselves from kind of geopolitical risk headlines um, and their market activity. But like when, while most people do that, I actively or proactively, you know, dive in um, and been doing so for years. Um, 
which thereby does not mean that I somehow know what I'm doing, nor nor that I don't know what I'm doing. It just simply means that I have you know a lengthy lengthy history of taking uh, many shots on goal uh, across many 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 different kinds of events and headlines, trades, asset classes, time horizons, uh, strategies, objectives, and so on. So I've built up um, you know a pretty good um, record or a track record. And I've also built up somewhat of a reputation amongst like some hedge funds who I would um, often talk to, or who re- rather who would often talk to me about whatever may be going on in the geopolitical risk arena um, and markets um, over the years. So with that said, let me just show you a clip. This is from the Real Vision Daily Briefing from October 2nd, 2020. How and why? Well, that's an interesting, it's a fantastic post. And I don't want to go on about the exchange, but uh, um, a guy called Wesson, who's in Tokyo, an ex-Goldman guy, who's really prolific on the exchange, super smart. Yeah. He did a video post on how to trade, um, how to trade geopolitical or headlines. And he talks through how the professionals do this and how not to fall in the trap. Brilliant. If anybody wants to watch it, you'll get a ton of learning from him about what to do in these situations. Part of his thing is you need to go through all of the opens and closes of all of the global. So you need to go through the Tokyo open and close, the the European open and close, the US open and close, and then back to the open to let all the market on close orders and market on open orders clear through. Then you'll see the actual Mm. underlying and then also how to approach something which has some politics behind it which is this Trump headline, and try to become a machine in how you analyze it. You know, this, the, you, know you, you need to analyze it without your political lens, which most people always end up putting their own political lens on. It's a, yeah. really, good, it's a really, really good post. I, I, was, I was really impressed. It's like not talking about your children when they've had huge successes, right? <laughs> You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Okay, so that was before I joined Real Vision. That was actually the month that I joined Real Vision. Like, so later that month in October, Raul had tapped me to uh, just basically manage the Real Vision exchange. But at the time, I was, you know, just a subscriber um, and just very, as he says, very just proactive on the exchange. And he was talking about that day was um, when the headline of Donald Trump um, getting tested positive for COVID and the markets crashed. I made a video about trading geopolitical risk headlines, um, and that's what he's referring to. And so some of those um, principles I will incorporate in this video. Uh, because these are kind of long-standing things, right? But the biggest and most sort of, I guess, prominent message I would have is that trading geopolitical risk is really, really, really hard. By which I mean not the geopolitical risk part, but that first word, the trading part. In other words, what I'm saying is trading is really, really, really hard. It doesn't matter if it's geopolitical risk or earnings or whatever. It's all this, it's all hard all the same. Um, and it's because there's basically, there's like two elements to everything, right? There's the, 
understanding and like the forecasting of the real world event, whatever that is, um, which is pretty much impossible to do because that's basically, you know, you have to tell the future, if you will. Um, and the other part is getting the market call right, right? So you have to get those two things like simultaneously correct. But that's also why I'm just classifying this as just another part of trading. It's, it doesn't, there is no like subcategory of geopolitical risk trading that's any different from fundamental earnings based trading or event driven trading or whatever, whatever else it may be, because that's based on some sort of like real world fundamental thing. Uh, markets can behave and you know react in any way if it does if they do at all to whatever sort of fundamental thing that's happening in the real world, right? So uh, like those two points, right? Let's just break those apart for a second. So like the 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 getting your you know grasp around and like forecasting of like the real world event or thing that's happening again. It's pretty much impossible to do. I don't care if it's like, what will Putin do or what will the CEO of some blue chip company come out with during quarterly earnings? We're guessing, okay? Uh, and then so, but let's say we get that guess correct, great, right? Um, are we here to guess numbers that come out of some investor relations department once a quarter? Or, or like, are, are we here to guess like, the the uh, board vote uh, of some central bank meeting or you know what some president or prime minister or dictator or whatever is, is going to do like is that really what we're here for like getting that real world guessing game correct or are we here for the marked to market value of our portfolios which do we care about do we care about the earnings number or do we care about our actual portfolio value fluctuation Obviously, it's the latter. If you're here for the former, you're in the wrong channel. And I'm not saying that like sarcastically or condescendingly or anything. Like I'm being very serious. And because it's a critical point that I'll expand on again later, but I do want to address this early on right up front as well. This channel is about financial markets and what influences in and impacts them and why. Okay, and I do so with a you know, a, a consciously differentiated viewpoint, um, or at least, you know, what I think is largely absent from the broader conversation relative to its importance. Um, you know, and then who who's on the other side of these, you know, videos I'm making, like receiving all this information? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's you guys, but I, I assume that it's somebody with an interest in green and red blinking tickers moving. And so that's what I do. I try my best to figure out green and red blinking tickers that move, which means that I am not in the business of humanitarian efforts or crisis management or support or opposition to any movement or political party or country or nationalism or whatever it is. I'm not here for sympathy or empathy or anything like that, right? And you should expect nothing more or nor nothing less from me, right? It's my responsibility to be completely and purely objective because in order to stand a chance in financial markets, um, markets don't care about how many people died or pain and suffering from war or natural disaster or tragedy or so on. They just don't care. And of course I have my own like personal views about things. Um, 
But if I were any bit good at what I do, which I think I am, you would never know what the things that I like care about are personally. Um, and by the way, if you think that you know, trust me, you don't. Okay, but um, this is the most difficult part of trading: is detaching your human self from your market activity. Um, but you have to do that, and you have to proactively do that because, by default, we are humans, and therefore we are by default um, going to have some sort of, you know preconceived bias or some sort of non-objectivity, some emotion attached, some something, you know, right? That's just if we just are, are running on default. So that's all you have to proactively become completely objective. It is not something that you do uh, at the subconscious level. It is something that you do at the very conscious forefront level, right? If you are somehow offended for any like lack of human compassion that I'm you know, not expressing or whatever, maybe again, you're in the wrong channel. My job isn't to deploy humanitarian aid. My job is to figure out green and red blinking tickers. And those things are devoid of human emotion. Um, and so therefore I must also be as well. And therefore you must be as well. Um, assuming that you are also watching this, trying to figure out what those green and red blinking tickers are doing. Well, that brings me to my second reason that trading geopolitical risk is so hard. Um, and again, by which I mean the trading part, is that you have to get the real world event right, right? But you really have to get the market response part right. Okay, so like, like who cares if you made a call about some number that some investor relations department releases once a quarter, or how some central bank board voted? Who cares if you get those things, you know, correct, then that number gets the game correct if you get the market reaction part completely wrong. But you need to get two things, both of those things simultaneously correct. And so that's what makes, you know, trading geopolitical risk extremely difficult, if not pretty much impossible. And it's not because of the geopolitical risk part, it's because of the trading part of it. So again, this is like, this really is, in my view, no different from like, some any other fundamental trading um, based strategy. Um, now, let me also say this. There are never ever repeats of events, um, like events themselves, let alone like the market behavior to, in response to those events. Okay, so there's no roadmap for Ukraine or for anything. Every moment in time that passes is by definition unprecedented and will not ever happen again. Um, everything has its own idiosyncratic event and market setup. Um, and so therefore it's very dangerous just to blindly assume that things have like an arbitrary amount of overlap that you have uh, qualified for. And then therefore things will repeat how they did previously. Um, because even if they do repeat, then that's purely coincidental. And now you're right for the wrong reasons. So I can't map out what the current Ukraine and Russia situation will be, and nobody can, obviously. Vladimir Putin cannot either, for that matter. Uh, Vladimir Putin cannot trade these markets any better, really, um, because, again, he, he might be able to call the shots on what he's going to do. That doesn't necessarily mean that he can therefore trade it successfully. Um, but I can tell you, like, 
my general rules that I've sort of accumulated over the years just by learning the hard way, um, things that kind of apply regardless of the situation. And so that's what I'll share in this video. Now, these are not in any sort of particular order of importance or anything like that, um, except for this first one. And this is something I touched on just before, but I will again. You have to be completely as purely objective as possible. Like, that means being what I say, call being religiously apolitical, which seems almost impossible, at a, you know, like, especially in the United States in these days. You have to be completely unemotional. You have to be uh, what I call borderless, but border aware. And this also goes under, like, the category of, like, being time zone aware, and that's a separate matter that I'll get into. Um, but it requires you, again, to not be human. You must be an algo. You must be a machine. You have to proactively remove yourself from being a human being. Because if you don't, if you're just on autopilot, you're going to be a human being, and you're going to, therefore, make human being mistakes. Um, and I know it might seem like I'm kind of, like, over-drilling in this, like, point about being, like, purely objective and being proactively objective, but the, the reason is because not only is that where you're going to lose money if you don't, but that's where you can pick off alpha, right? That's where you can get your returns from if you're consciously aware of that flaw that exists in markets that makes markets far from, like, perfectly priced or, or anything like that. If you are, first of all, not succumbing to being, you know, a, a political trading clown, um, and instead, you are consciously aware that that flaw exists. Like you can exploit that to your benefit. Okay, so this is like here's a really, really kind of simple, very easy to understand recent example from this current uh, Ukraine crisis. Um, I had my reasons. I had a, my thesis for you know Vladimir Putin and Russia. They are going to um, make a significant. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's going to be an invasion or what, but they're going to make a, a significant splash, a very risk-off-inducing move, immediately following the Beijing Olympics. Um, that thesis I had, and I have also met, you know, talked about on the Religion Daily Briefing and on these videos before. But um, there is a sizable amount of the U.S. like adult population on both sides of the aisle that um, believes that President Joe Biden is like uh, completely brain dead or something, right? I Look, again, I, I don't care what you think. Whatever you're saying to yourself right now, if you're one of those people, I don't give a fuck. I personally don't have a view on that because the markets don't care about what my view is and therefore I don't care to make a view on that. But what I do have a view on is that there are so many people that believe that um, anything that comes out of Joe Biden, the president of the United States mouth is like some wacky thing because he is, he, you know, he's basically had like some brain hemorrhage and he's just being propped up on a stick. The president of the United States said very clearly, Russia is about to invade in days. Like, two or three days before it happening. So, 
like, I don't know how much more clear that could be. Um, my thesis aside, when I heard the president of the United States saying that and repeating that and his cabinet repeating that, well, I positioned for Russia to invade. Now, that sounds overly simple, probably, to people outside the United States. But I'm guessing that there's a lot of people out there um, who are like thinking like, oh, I suppose he did say that. Yeah, he did. The president of the United States said that Ukraine is about to get invaded imminently. So position for that. In case the president of the United States knows what he's talking about and is not some brain dead person who's just like propped up on some stick. Or you can continue just like, you know, believing that the president of the United States is like everything he says, the opposite must be true or whatever it is. Right. So it's not that I listen to Joe Biden say that it's that I recognize that there are so many people out there who they will just go in one ear and out the other and are not ready and not prepared and are totally mispositioned for Russia to invade and declare war on Ukraine. Um, these same people probably also believed Putin this whole time that saying when he's been lying this whole time. Um, and so that's how I'm able to, you know, make a significant gain off of that by exploiting those who are subconsciously or consciously mispositioning themselves in markets um, for events. Like that one was the easiest softball over the plate. And I'm sorry if you were on the other side of that trade, but this is what I mean. Your alpha is your ability to identify and understand, you know, if a significant, you know, cohort of market participants with sizable amount of, you know, capital that can move markets, if they are exhibiting any sort of like human, personal, emotional, preconceived notion or bias or whatever it is, and not based on pure objectivity, such that the president of the United States says a major risk off event is about to happen and markets don't move on that. That's how you know that uh, there's an opportunity. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Okay, so that's the first one. It's the one I spend the most time on because it matters the most, like I said. But um, here are the other sort of principles that I have, like, kind of consistent. Um, so the, another one is to, what I say is like always look elsewhere, right? Which is another way of saying like life goes on elsewhere. It's also kind of another way of saying that the news is not the world, okay? The news, like as a concept, if you will, is one of two things. It's either like state run or it's a capital enterprise. And so therefore it has one of two agendas. It's to influence like mass narratives if it's state run or to make money if it's capital enterprise. Which is fine, whatever. Like I don't have, I don't have an overly broad and childish blanket view on the news in and of itself. Like news is bad or whatever. I have a reality that it exists. Okay, but just because something isn't being discussed in the news, which again is in the pursuit of views, clicks, and money or propaganda, um, it doesn't mean that you know the news is like a reflection of like real time, real world happenings. 
um, in, in any like iota of comprehensiveness of, of the world. Right. So take Ukraine, right? If Ukraine weren't happening right now, would that mean that all news everywhere else would be silent? Of course not. Right. So, you know, with like major like cross coverage, like single focus media events, you have to ask yourself, like, what else would be in the news if not for this? Or who or what is taking advantage of the fact that there is a singular focused um, media um, attention right now that is trying to get away with something? If you're trying to pull something right now, like if you're a, a company or whatever, like now is the time for you to do so. Um, you can bury things under the rug right now. Um, and that's where risk is going to be. And that's where opportunity is going to be. Or the cameras are not, right? The things that could come out of left field. That's where you want to look. You don't want to look really at what is happening in front page um, because that's being more or less priced in. And then my final general principle is, that, is the following. If you're ever surprised by anything that hits the news or anything that you know happens, um, any developments, if you're ever surprised or shocked or catches you off guard, that is not your trade. Do not trade that. Um, especially, you know, immediately, but just do not trade that. Only trade what you've already either anticipated or given some thought to, and then comes to fruition. Don't be surprised and then chase something because you're getting into a, you know, a like a market scenario that you haven't thought through and that you just dove into and now you have involved your, your, yourself and your capital with, right? So here's what I mean. What I do is I keep sort of this like running list of like risk scenarios, various different kinds. Like, I mean, they branch out like all over the place, right? I have them written down as well, but I have them also in my head. And like, it really does span the world. And like, what if this happens? What if this happens? What, what if this happens? Sometimes I share them, you know, like in these sort of videos, that's really like, honestly, that's a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the things like you wouldn't believe, if you think that my thoughts are like out there, you wouldn't want to know what else it is that I'm not sharing. <laughs> um, so take the example from what Ral was talking about with Trump um, getting uh, COVID, right? So Trump, there's a headline that hits that, you know, uh, Trump gets COVID and like this is during Japan hours, markets over like super risk off. Um, that was a scenario that, first of all, that I had like already thought of that was certainly on my risk list. And it was not only on my risk list, that was pretty up there in like terms of like high probability events. There were people that were calling this like, this is the big October surprise and all that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So like, this is, this is again, totally objectively. This is a person who is going around campaigning, uh, proactively meeting like thousands and tens of thousands of people. Um, so given that sort of lifestyle and the fact that, and his very cavalier attitude at the time about COVID, it's high chance that he was going to catch it. And also, given his age and all that, like that is probably going to be, you know, like a hospital event. So that was if that's your October surprise, like, good God, there are some very stupid people out there publicly uh, displaying their stupidity. But um, so because I had anticipated that all I had to do was essentially watch the market. If the market was trading in a way that I thought was a knee jerk, uh, the wrong direction and that there was going to be you know, a reversal, then I'm going to trade against that. And that's exactly what happened. If you were somebody who just sold because this is not something, a scenario that you thought of and you just went along with the momentum, don't do that. It's not your trade for either side. Like don't, don't buy against it. Like the sell-off, 
Like, if you're surprised by it, don't sell into it. If you're surprised by it, just don't like you know do anything that like involves you into a trade that you haven't thought of because if you do it you haven't thought of any exit strategy you haven't thought of risk parameters and anything like that right you haven't pre-planned anything out you just you know shoved yourself into a scenario that you now have you're now going to force yourself to you know risk manage your your way out of um, you don't want to get caught up in a scenario like that. Um, so what that means is that likely most geopolitical risk events that happen, you're not going to trade. If you follow that, like, you know, don't touch anything that you are surprised by. And that's fine. You're, you're better off letting the markets do what they're going to do than to force yourself into market turmoil. Um, especially, you know, the knee jerk one. And so I want to leave you with this clip that I have. It's of Lloyd Blankfein, who was the uh, former CEO, uh, chairman CEO of Goldman Sachs. Um, he was on Charlie Rose. Um, this is a few years after the financial crisis um, and he had sort of emerged. And this exchange that they have, I watched this at the time and it really, really stuck with me. How far out into the future do you think you can see? Well, I'm in the risk management business, so I don't take it for granted that I can see behind. I, I, I don't think I can see four inches into the future. Yeah. I'd say that most of my. Yeah, but your firm has a reputation of being pretty good at understanding the future and being able to make some analysis as to about what risk to take. Well, I'll confess to you that what I think we aspire to is less foresee the future and more be a great contingency planner. Because, and sometimes you contingency plan really well, and you can respond very fast to what's happening because you thought through all the possibilities, you can get off the mark so quickly it looks like you've false started. It looks like you anticipated the start when all you've really done was listen so closely and knew what you were going to do that you got off the mark quickly. I think it's hard enough to, I think it's hard enough to predict the present. Yeah. You know, think about it, perspective. It's very hard to step out of your context and see what is happening. I have views about the future, but I'll tell you, we're not in the business. You wouldn't be a very good risk manager if you let what you think was going to happen have too great an influence on what you plan for and protect it against. What we really do is we really contingency plan. What might happen? What could happen? Okay, so that's what I'm talking about with regards to if you're surprised by a headline or an event, then it's not your trade. That's what I mean. Because there are people out there who have already thought something through and that they're going to trade it better than you. They're counting on you to be impulsive and you don't want to, to be on that side. Instead, you want to have already thought something out and then it seems like you could tell the future or whatever, but all you've done is just thought of various kind of scenarios um, and then scenarios upon those scenarios and pre-mapped things out and that way you can navigate things way better than if you hadn't even thought that such a scenario could exist until it, it's happening in real time. Okay, so those are my general sort of philosophies and all that. I'll get more specific into how that applies to trading and all that in my next actual trading video with regards to this week in Ukraine and massive market moves that we saw. Um, there were really, really interesting markets to watch let alone trade. Um, and so that video will be uh, coming up shortly. But for now, uh, follow me on Twitter at Across the Spread because I do make sort of market commentary here and there uh, in real time. Um, I've made several this week. Um, and if you are not subscribed to this channel, make sure that you do so. And good luck out there, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. 
What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.